On today's show, we're recapping last night's Yankees-Red Sox game. We'll talk about Garrett Cole's performance and his reaction to his performance, plus a preview of the rest of the weekend, and I have some thoughts about a Twitter thread I saw earlier that has to do with the Yankees and the Astros. <laughs> All next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Yankee fans. Happy Friday. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. I'm a lapsed baseball writer turned podcast host. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also hit the like button and the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. Feel free to comment. I've been answering some of your comments. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast. Locked on Yankees. And Yankee fans, you're going to love this. Today's episode is brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. Welcome to the world of trading cards reimagined. Stay tuned later in the show for more information on this awesome new tool for collectors. You're going to want to check out the Sports Card Investor app. So last night was interesting. I mean, you know, if Rafael Devers didn't exist, Garrett Cole would have had a great start. <laughs> and I will say this, we're going to talk about it more in segment two, but the pitches that Devers hit weren't bad. They really weren't. You know, Cole was doing a good enough job to try and avoid giving him things to hit, and he just, Devers can just hit them. What are you going to do? But the good news is the Yankees still won the game, even though the Red Sox made it sweaty because that's what they always do. And, you know, it's a typical Yankees-Red Sox game in Fenway because no lead really is ever safe in that Fakakta Park. So I know everyone loves it. It's, it's history. It's one of the oldest parks. It's so great. That was so not professional of me. That's the Yankee fan in me coming out. I don't care about Fenway Park. I went once. It was a really hot day. I sat in a suite. My friend was walking around. I wasn't. I couldn't care less. Could not care less. That's the correct phrase. And I tell you this all the time. I, I don't, whatever, with Fenway, who cares? Anyway, let's talk about the game. Because, oh, wait, before we do. Last night's starter for the Red Sox. He tends to open his mouth and say things that he probably shouldn't say because he did it against the Cubs last week when the Red Sox, I believe, lost a series to the Cubs, yes, in Wrigley. And he basically was like, yeah, whatever, with Wrigley, how I am about Fenway, basically. But you don't say that when you're a baseball player. You don't downplay a historical... Like, it's one thing for me as a Yankee fan to be meh about Fenway because I'm, I'm a Yankee fan. Of course I'm not going to like Fenway. Like, really? No, of course not. And this kid had something, you know, to say about Fenway. And then the same kid who gave up uh, how many runs last night to the Yankees in his start? Yeah, all six. Basically was like, yeah, there's just a big league lineup without Judge and Rizzo. They're just a regular run-of-the-mill major league lineup that you gave up six runs to, sir. 
<sighs> I love baseball. And speaking of loving baseball, okay. On a night where DJ LeMayhew led off and went 0 for 4, the Yankees still scored six runs because Josh Donaldson and Aaron Hicks, thank you, basically provided most of the scoring. Donaldson with his grand slam and then Hicks with his solo shot. And the Yankees went back-to-back -back again. I believe that's the 13th time the Yankees have gone back-to-back -back this season. That's pretty impressive. Along with, you know, winning 60 games in the AL East. We're going to talk about that in segment three. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about what I spoke about in the cold open. We're going to talk about that. So the Yankees, let's see, they only had seven hits. So they scored the six runs on seven hits. Really, they scored uh, five of them on two hits. And um, the pitching, other than Cole, shut down. Wandy Peralta, an inning and a third, didn't give up a hit or a run. Michael King, same thing, two-thirds of an inning. And then Clay Holmes came in and shut the door. His ERA is a 0 0.47. Wandy Peralta is sitting at a 1.99. Michael King is at 2.23, and that was his 13th hold of the season. Peralta's eighth, and Holmes' 16th save. Aaron Boone, thank you for not even thinking about putting a role as Chapman in that game. He's thinking. He's n he knows, I think. I think he knows not to do that. As for the Red Sox... All their scoring was Rafael Devers. They only had five hits. He had two of them. Trevor Story had a hit. Franchi Cordero had a hit. And Ploiecki had a hit. Now, the funniest thing to me about the Red Sox, Rob Refsnyder, who did nothing when he was with the Yankees, is batting around 300 with the Red Sox. How? How? How is this happening? Also... The top of the Red Sox order, Duran, Devers, Martinez, and Bogarts. 309, 330, 307, 311. And for the most part, most of the guys in the lineup are hitting pretty well. Jackie Bradley Jr. is at 211 and Trevor Story is at 225, but Ref Snyder is at 296. Cordero's at 254. 254 is not terrible. And, well, all right, Ploiecki is 160. He's the worst. But... When you compare it to the Yankees' batting averages, and I know I always poo-poo batting averages because no one really looks at them anymore. But if you look at their batting averages compared to the Yankees, like if you just went by batting average, if you were one of those people, you would think that the Red Sox had won 60 games and that they were, you know, 14 ahead of the second-place team, but they're not. It's very weird. It's a very strange season. But this is happening because of the Yankees and their home runs. It may be annoying that a lot of their offense is just on the home run, but, you know, sometimes that's how it happens, and sometimes that's how it has to happen, and that's how it had to happen last night. But the Red Sox-only offense was on a home run, two of them, from the same guy, which we'll get into in segment two when we talk about Garrett Cole's performance. But first, 
Welcome to the world of sports cards reimagined. The sports card investor app is the hobby's most powerful resource. Quickly check the value of your favorite cards, find great deals, and profit from the hobby you love. Available completely free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores, the sports card investor app is a must-have for all baseball fans. You can easily browse over 630,000 cards from every sport with hundreds more added each week, plus Marvel cards. You can check the latest values of your favorite cards with seven day or 30 day charts. You can also find the best prices and buy directly through the app with our eBay deals feature. With the free sports card investor app, you can pull out those old cards from your favorite childhood players and see how much they're worth today. I know my boy Don Mattingly is worth a lot. I told you about that a couple weeks ago, but it was up over $3,700 for his 1984 Don Russ base card. So that's amazing. Download the Sports Card Investor app today. It's available for free in the Google Play and Apple app stores, or go to sportsinvestor.com slash locked on. Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. So let's talk about Garrett Cole and Rafael Devers, because that was the big story last night. Because again, if it wasn't for Devers, Cole would have had a great outing. I mean, he really would. Let's see. Six innings, five hits, five runs, uh, three walks, seven strikeouts, the two home runs. So let's get rid of the two home runs. That automatically gets rid of the five runs, because one was a two-run home run, the other one was the three-run home run that made it 6-5. So if you look at that, Five hits, no runs, three walks, seven strikeouts. That's a pretty good outing for Garrett Cole. But that's not how it worked. So Garrett Cole's first at-bat against Devers. Let's see. Which was at-bat number 27 of the game. He threw him a change-up in the dirt. He threw a knuckle curve for a called strike, although that wasn't really a strike. But the home plate ump was having issues last night. And then he threw a slider that wasn't even in the zone. It was just below the zone, but more on the inside part of the zone. And Devers just got it. It wasn't a bad pitch. He wasn't giving him anything to pitch. None of those pitches were in the zone. It was 89.6 miles per hour. It was a slider. And Devers deposited it into the seats. And then at bat number 46 of the game, he threw a four-seam fastball for a ball below the zone and then he threw a changeup below the zone almost in this actually that pitch is in the same spot as the other pitch that was hit for a home run it was just a different kind of pitch because the first home run was a slider the second one was a changeup at 91.4 miles an hour so the key to Garrett Cole pitching to Rafael Devers. Don't throw it low. I don't know. Or maybe don't pitch to him. <laughs> I joked about that last night. I said, uh, maybe he shouldn't pitch to him at all. Doesn't matter who's on base. Even if the bases are loaded, don't pitch to him. Who cares? Give up one run instead of, you know, three or four. He just, he's one of those guys that has Garrett Cole's number. It happens. It happens. Garrett Cole looked fine against everyone else, but oof, yeah. But yeah, those, first, those two pitches are really almost in the same exact spot. Not in the zone. So he wasn't really giving him anything to hit. When you think of pitches to hit, you think of pitches in the zone, 
usually, unless you're Vlad Guerrero Sr. and swinging at balls that bounce. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not going to fault Garrett Cole for that. And it was funny in his post-game interview, he basically said to the reporters, you guys have any suggestions? My suggestion, as I just said, don't pitch to Devers, ever. Just stop. Stop pitching to him. That's all you need to do. As for the other, I almost said another, as for the other numbers um, in this game, because, you know, I love looking at this stuff. Um, Devers had the top exit velocity, the first home run, I believe, was 110.6 off the bat. Now, Garrett Cole had the top pitch velocity, all five of them. 101, 100 100.9, 100.8, 99.8 twice. Garrett Cole had 17 swings and misses last night. Devers, one of his home runs went 434, the other one went 425. Donaldson's went 429. Hicks, 385, and he also hit a ball, 377. So, yeah, 6-5, Yankees win their 60th game, Red Sox are 45-38. and 38. The Red Sox are still not doing well against the AL East. It's kind of amazing how bad they're doing against the AL East, and that includes the Orioles. Yeah, like they're really bad against the Blue Jays. Obviously, the Yankees, they've only played them four times, and we have a lot more season to go. We have a lot of backloaded scheduling between the Yankees and the Red Sox. So it'll be interesting interesting to see how the Yankees do against them. So far, the Yankees are doing well against the AL East. They're 8-4 against Toronto, 9-4 against Baltimore, 7-3 against the Rays, and 3-1 and against the Red Sox. So hopefully that keeps up. Now, as for Garrett Cole's breakdown in pitches, 51 four-seam fastballs, 27 sliders, 12 change-ups, three knuckle curves, one cutter, as I said, his max was 101 miles per hour. And actually, his fastball average last night was over a half mile per hour more than it normally is. Um, actually, the velocity was up on the fastball, the slider, and the change up. The knuckle curve, there was no change, although he only threw three of them. But he was right at his average. And the one cutter he threw was one mile per hour below his average. He averages 92.1 on the cutter. It was 91.1. So his four seam produced five balls in play, the slider four, the changeup four, the knuckle curve none, the cutter one. And as I said, he had a bunch of swings and misses. The four seam, 19 swings, eight whiffs, the slider, 12 swings, seven whiffs, changeup, Eight swings, two whiffs. So it wasn't a bad game for him again. Rafael Devers, what are you going to do about Rafael Devers other than never pitch to him again? And as for the rest of the Red Sox pitchers, you know, they held the Yankees to no runs after Winkowski left after five innings. So he pitched five, gave up the six runs on six hits, five walks, two strikeouts, the two home runs. There was also that really weird Trevino infield double that was then changed to an error. Error? No. That was then changed to an error. I can't say that word. Does anyone else have a word that they just can't pronounce? That's my word. Then they changed it back to an infield double. So I don't know what the official scorer was doing there, but <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. So 
quickly, let's preview because we didn't get to do this yesterday because the Red Sox did not have their pitching matchups for Friday and Saturday. So tonight, Nestor Cortez against Connor Seabold. Seabold is 0-1 with an 8.31 ERA. And that is only in two games, 8.2 innings pitched. He has 11 strikeouts in those 8.2 innings pitched. Let's see. He was born in January of 96. That doesn't make me feel old at all. Nestor Cortez, 7-3 with a 2.44 ERA. We know all about Nestor Cortez. He rebounded nicely in his last outing. Hopefully that will continue. And then Saturday is still TBD for the Red Sox. We still don't know who's pitching for them. And as I said yesterday on Sunday, it's Tyone and Pavetta. So Saturday is Montgomery against who knows. And that's a Fox game. Tonight is an Amazon Prime game. And Sunday is an ESPN game. So it's going to be a typical Yankees Red Sox weekend. Expect craziness like last night. It wasn't that crazy, but it was crazy enough. And yeah, it's just going to be typical Yankees Red Sox madness. Now in a moment, I'm going to go through this tweet thread that slightly annoyed me, and I'm going to give you some facts that I wanted to clap back at this Twitter account, but I decided not to because I was trying to be zen today, trying. We'll see how that works. But first, from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk built bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given coconut brownie chunk the puffs treatment. Coconut brownie chunk is one of my favorite flavors. It's a rare one and you have to get it. I'm telling you right now. Oh my goodness. And if it's in a puff flavor, forget it. Okay. Puffs are marshmallows covered in chocolate. And if it has the coconut brownie flavor, oh, I'm, yeah. Okay. They're good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, all delicious. They're only here for a limited time. Go to built.com right now. Make sure you don't miss out on them. I'm not even kidding you. I'm telling you. I know people think I'm lying, but I have had people message me on Facebook and say they've bought Built Bars because of me and that they like them. The best part about Built Bars, they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they're actually good for you. They're the perfect treat for when you have a craving, you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or you need a quick, healthy snack. I eat them usually either after I work out or just before I work out. So... Go to built.com, use our promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Get the coconut brownie chunk puffs now. Get them now. As I said, they're limited. Again, use our promo code LOCKED15. And I know people think I'm lying. I'm not lying. Built Bar is unbelievable. And the coconut brownie chunk, I got them when they first came out, the bars, and my mom had one. She stole one from me, and she was like, this is one of the best things I've ever had. So, yeah, they're really good. So let's talk about this Twitter thread that got me annoyed this morning, even though they tweeted it out yesterday. I guess I missed it. Okay. It's from Cron, and their Twitter bio says, Houston's home for local news, culture, and conversation. Cron is independently run from the Houston Chronicle. Okay. So it says, New York's managing general partner, Hal Steinbrenner, admitted his team needs to be concerned about Houston. I mean, okay. The next tweet says, there's pretty much nothing to like about the New York Yankees, but they do seem to be good at baseball these days. Then the next tweet says, the short porch bombers boast the league's best record and best run differential and are led by 
AL MVP favorite Aaron Judge in his 30 home runs. Still, there's one thing that keeps Yankees managing general partner Hal Steinbrenner up each night. Nothing keeps Hal Steinbrenner up at night. He's sleeping in piles of money. What is... No. This is the quote from the New York Post. We all need to be concerned about Houston. They're a very good team. The games we've played so far have been close for the most part. It's going to be a challenge, but it's going to be a challenge for them too. Make no mistake. It's true. Now, I said this many times. I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. The Yankees need to be concerned about in-division right now. They're doing very well in-division. And speaking of divisions, Houston is playing in the AL West, where three, the bottom three, are worse than Baltimore. That's right. The Angels, the Rangers, and the A's are all worse than Baltimore by a few games. Yeah, so what does that mean? That means the AL East is a tougher division than the AL West. So all this talk about the Yankees having such an easy schedule in May, that's why they're winning all their games. Why doesn't anyone say this about Houston and their easy-peasy division with three really bad teams at the bottom that they're beating up on? Yeah. Don't worry about Houston. I say it all the time. Don't worry about it yet. Another team can eliminate them in the playoffs. It could happen. As long as the Yankees keep winning in division, winning all their series, it doesn't matter what they do against Houston. They have two more games against the Astros right after the All-Star break. Then after that, we don't have to worry about them. And we don't even really have to worry about them now. Keep beating the Rays. Keep beating the Jays. Keep beating the Orioles. Keep beating the Red Sox. That's it. That's all you need to worry about. And yes, I know people are worried about how the top team, top team in the playoffs is going to have a bye, I believe, is what the system is now. I have to look at that again, but I know they're fighting for that. Right now, they're five games up on Houston in that race. But if the Yankees just keep doing what they've been doing, they'll be okay. And they don't have to worry about Houston. I'm sick of this narrative that Houston beats up on the Yankees. They don't beat up on them. I said this last week. It's not a Twins-Yankees situation. Where the Yankees have been beating up on the Twins for 22 years. And not beating up in a sense where they're beating them up like, you know, winning 10 nothing every game. Just that the season series is always really heavily favored toward the Yankees. <laughs> and all of their playoff Playoff matchups since 2003 have been in the Yankees' favor. So it's not the same. And Houston doesn't beat up on the Yankees in the playoffs either. They barely beat them in 2017 when they cheated to get to the playoffs. And if the situation were reversed and the Yankees had four home games, Yankees would have won that series. Houston couldn't do anything in Yankee Stadium. 2019, they won in six games. It's not like they're sweeping the Yankees out of the playoffs and beating up on them. They had to win on a walk-off against Aroldis Chapman. Big deal. I could hit a walk-off off Aroldis Chapman these days. And in 2019. He's been falling down a hill ever since. So yeah, there's me being slightly obnoxious as a Yankee fan, but I'm speaking in facts right now. The AL East 
is miles better than the AL West. Those are facts. So the Yankees are doing what they're doing, beating good teams. Baltimore's only 40 and 44. They're the best last place team in baseball. Every other last place team is worse than them. And as I said, the three bottom teams in the AL West are worse than the Orioles. So I don't want to hear people talking about the Yankees' easy schedule. You're driving me crazy when you do that sort of thing, people. So here you go. I started ranting. Are you excited? Because I haven't had anything really to rant about. The last time I had a true rant, and it wasn't even a rant like this, was uh, when the Yankees dropped that series to Baltimore Easter weekend. That's a long time ago. That's a long time ago. And I would like to put out into the universe, Yankees, that I don't want to have anything to rant about at the end of this weekend after you finish your games in Fenway. So that would be great. Let's manifest good things like we manifested good things last night. We'll manifest them now. Nestor Cortez, please pitch well tonight. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, that threat annoyed me. And here, wait, let's, let's talk about what I posted about last place teams. That was actually my response to that cron thread. I just didn't tag them. But people should realize what I'm talking about. Okay. So as I said, the Orioles are better than every other last place team. The Royals are 30 and 51. The Astros are currently beating up on the Royals this week. The A's 28 and 56. The Nationals, 30 and 55. The Reds, 29 and 54. And the Rockies are the only ones that are slightly close to the O's. They're 36 and 47, which is still worse than 40 and 44. So my tweet in response to the Crons thread in which I did not tag them. But if people saw that thread and then saw my tweet, they would kind of have an idea of why I said what I said. I said, fun fact of the day, the Orioles are in last place in the AL East and they have a better record than the bottom three in the AL West, Rangers, Angels, and A's. So the Yankees have the best record in baseball and are leading the best division in baseball. Where's the lie? There's no lie. There's no lie. So, hope you enjoyed that slight rant. Slight. Uh, tonight we find out who makes the all-star team if Stanton and Trevino make it. It's fine if they don't. It'd be good for them to get rest. Um, be good for a lot of the guys to get rest during the all-star break. Um, but that'll come out at 7, I believe, we'll find out. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be revealed on ESPN. It's a whole to-do. I would like for Stanton to make it with his 21 home runs. I would also like Stanton to um, do what he normally does in Fenway. And, um, you know, just... Hit balls out of Fenway. That'd be great. If he could have a repeat of the last series before... Or the last series of the season up in Fenway last season, that would be great. That'd be really... That'd be fun for all of us to watch. So coming up next week, Monday will be a crossover with me and Lindsey Crosby of 
MLB prospects, locked on MLB prospects. I'm also thinking about doing a second episode recapping this series because Monday is an off day. So what I might do is put something up Sunday night and then put something up Monday afternoon and they'd both technically be for Monday. And then Tuesday, I'll preview the Yankees' next series. So we have a schedule, people. It's going to be great. So yeah, um, I hope you look forward to seeing me talk to Lindsey Crosby about our prospects who are doing really well this season. So look out for that on Monday. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can listen to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, like and comment. Also hit the bell notification so you know when our videos go live. And when you get into your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB Prospects. Make your second listen of the day Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. Again, we'll be talking about the Yankees on Monday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing. If you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So enjoy your weekend. Go Yankees. And I'll talk to you all on Monday. Monday.